Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Bible Said What podcast. My name is Elizabeth. I'm Alexei. I'm Reagan. And I'm Claire Grace. And we are your hosts today on your new favorite small group. So today we are continuing on in our series of exploring the character of God through the fruits of the Spirit. And I am so excited to finally get this episode recorded. So fun fact, we actually recorded this this episode last week. And then right as we were wrapping up, um, the computer that we're recording through just just froze, and then the pinwheel of death came up, and then it deleted the whole thing. So, so fun. Oh my goodness. But hey, we're re-recording this week, and we have um, a new fun face, a new fun voice um, on the podcast today, which is Miss Reagan. I'm super excited. Yeah. yeah, Reagan. Hey, hey. Hey, yeah, Reagan is in religion <laughs> classes with me. She's actually the one who got me into the religion department. Um, at the college that we're at. So that's really fun. We get to take classes together. We're studying the Pentateuch right now and the Torah, which is super fun. Um, She is Miss Old Testament. So we invited her on the podcast today because she has some really good input. Um, But yeah, we're super excited. So if this is your first episode with us and you want to get involved in this community, there's a lot of places you can do that. Um, The first one is our Instagram and our TikTok, and that is both at BibleSaidWhat.pod. We have a lot of fun things that happen on, on on the Instagram. One of my favorite things is the Q&A Mondays that we have. So every Monday we post a fun question just to get to know you so you can get to know some of the other followers in this community. Um, Last week's question was really fun. So it was serious topic, pineapple on pizza. Okay, so there's three options. All right. There was in all caps, my favorite, right? Never, absolutely not. Or pineapple is, mm, it's fine. It's pineapple. So are you ready for the results? First of all, what are y'all's what are y'all's takes? Honestly, I am a no pineapple on pizza gal. I, I just don't think that should happen. I love yeah. pineapple. I love pizza. Put them together. Absolutely not. Yeah. I am the never absolutely not person. Okay, <laughs> Claire Grace, what about you? Um, I think you know that I love pineapple on pizza. Good. This is why I we're think roommates. it is so good. I love it. It's my favorite. <laughs> and it makes me mad when people are mean to it for know, no right? reason oh, other so than awkward. to just <laughs> hop on mean the trend. Mean to the pineapple pizza like it's a person, right? Yeah. <laughs> so we are in a fight right now. Oh my goodness. Wait. Okay. Reagan, what's your take? It's not my first choice, but okay. it is still pizza. Okay. And pineapple's so, better than olives. So, so you're... Okay, I would agree. So we have dramatically yes, dramatically no, and a middle... And maybe. Diversity. I think, I think it's so funny because people will get so heated about this. They're either like, yes, or like, no. To be fair, I've never tried it before. <gasps> so <laughs> I just feel like I would. <laughs> like, how, can, how can you be like, no? Okay, well, our, our followers... Okay, this is the percentages. All right, we got a lot of feedback on this, actually. So 27% said it's it's fine pineapple is pineapple right never <laughs> absolutely not 38 percent were with you like i said yeah, yeah. no and then my favorite is 35 percent so claire guys yeah. we we won that one um but yeah we have super fun things like that if you want to get involved we also have a blog and that is in the link tree um in in the instagram bio you can follow that and then of course you can listen to the podcast on spotify every tuesday when we release a new episode so all right today we're talking about goodness and faithfulness so let's get into it Okay, so today we're continuing on starting off with goodness, and that is the next fruit of the Spirit. So yeah, we're really just going to dig into like what is goodness, because I feel like out of all the fruits of the Spirit, you know, there's some that are really obvious, you know, like love. That's, you know, pretty self-explanatory, right? Joy, peace, cool. We know what those are. Patience, we get it. Don't be in a hurry. But goodness is kind of, it's like, okay, but like, 
but like, what are you talking about? Like, what like part, what is good? Like, what is what's so good? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of what we're gonna get into today. So my opening question is, what is something good that happened to you guys today? So something good that happened to me today was in the Sanford cafeteria, <laughs> there were nachos today. <gasps> wow. And the nachos had um, ground beef and uh-huh. queso. And queso? I loved it and it was good. Ooh, like the cheese dip queso? Like cheese dip oh, queso. That's that good stuff, man. That is good. That's really good. Claire Grace, what happened to you today? Um, I met someone famous today. What? Literally who? <laughs> Who'd you meet? Okay, his name is Michael O'Neill. Like, okay. not not like an A-list celebrity, mm-hmm. right? But a celebrity. But a celebrity. He's friends with Matt Damon. Okay. Whoa. Uh-huh. That's, 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 that's the flag. That's major yeah. cool by association. And he was so <laughs> nice. This man was so nice. And um, the way they introduced me to him was like, he's the guy on Grey's Anatomy that shot McDreamy. So okay. never seen Grey's Anatomy. I've never seen it either. Sounds like a great name. Mm -hmm. (laughs) No, he was a great guy. Yeah, it's Patrick Dempsey. So wait, who is they that introduced you? Did he did he just like have agents with him? (laughs) Like, hey, (laughs) no, no, no. Okay, so I work at a coffee shop, and Mm -hmm. him and his best friend came in, and they're both like fifty year old men, and Uh they just started talking to me, and they were like, you know who you remind me of? This actress. And I was like, oh my gosh, what? First of all, what a huge compliment. I was like, thank you, that's so nice, and I thought that was just you know I act like. Mm-hmm. Laura Linney and I thought okay that's just an actress you know whatever uh-huh. and then he was like yeah I worked with her I was like what like, wait, like, wait, who wait. are you <laughs> I was like, so I literally remind you of her like that's actually really cool so weird okay yeah so that was that was a good thing that, that is a, that that's is a good. fun really good thing that happened <laughs> all right Reagan can you top it can you top that <laughs> I don't think I can top it but I will say I am embarrassingly um, responsive to um, affirmation, uh-huh. and I prepared for a presentation today for a while, and after I gave it, my professor told me it was the best one of the semester, which okay. was honestly so happy, and my friend texted me during it, too, which was just so sweet, so Aww. sweet affirmation moment. Aww, that's, that's so sweet. fun. Mine is so lame compared to y'all's. I just had a really good latte today, man. Like, hey, that'll do it. I had a, I had a really solid latte from Einstein's, but... <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, all of those things are really fun, good things, right? Like, um, like how, how many people can say that they've met a famous person that just walked into their work and was like ordering a coffee from you? That's so crazy. And you got compared to a, another celebrity, mm-hmm. which is pretty stinking cool. Um, but here's the thing. Even what is great for us doesn't even compare to the goodness of God yeah. and who God is. One thing that I think is really like important to realize and when we're thinking about the character of God is that he is completely good. Goodness takes up the entirety of God's character because kind of like we were talking about in the first episode with God, you know, how God is love. Love is the entirety of his being. He can't exist out of anything that is outside of love. He can't exist with anything that is outside of goodness, right? Because there's nothing about God we can say that is bad. You know what I mean? Yes. Um, And we were created out of that goodness, which we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, But I really think the term goodness specifically really highlights God's, his constants and his consistency. We're going to talk about faithfulness in a little bit, Um, his purity, his omniscience and his, his provision, um, because he is the good father and he does care for us in that way. Um, And all throughout the Bible, whether it's in the Psalms or first Chronicles, it says, give thanks to the Lord for he is good or like sing praises to the Lord for he is good. Um, and I think that really highlights that God's goodness is not just something that like, oh, that's so good. That's so cool. But it's something that is higher 
than anything on earth and it is worthy of praise. Yeah. I think it's really cool to think about how God's saying God is good. Honestly, as humans, we can't even begin to understand what that good even means because it's so holy. It's like set apart so Mm -hmm. above our like understanding Uh where when we say like, yeah, that was good. It's like, yeah, but God is good. And that goodness is just like so crazy Mm -hmm. and big and overwhelming. Like you literally can't even understand it, which is so amazing and so awesome. Yeah. If we could comprehend and know everything about God, he would cease to be God. Yeah. And that's, I think that's part of like the goodness of God. Cause honestly, dude, like I don't want to know everything God knows. Like I don't (laughs) want to know everything about, about God. That would be so stressful. You know what I mean? Like I, we as humans are not created for that. Um, even though we were created out of goodness and that's something that we're going to kind of get into now is like, okay, so we are created out of that goodness. And you know, Luke chapter 19 says, God is the only one who will ever be good, but we are called to be Christ-like. Like the word Christian means little Christ, right? Mm -hmm. So how can we pursue that sanctification? How can we pursue that goodness of God while living in a world that is broken in a world that is like full of bad? What do you guys think? Yeah. To answer your question, I actually want to circle back to what you said when you introed about goodness, because when you started talking about it, the first two words that came to mind were purity and consistency. And that's literally what you said. I had a little, whoa, God moment for a second. That is cool. Um, But honestly, I have a friend in my life. um, Her name is Julia. And whenever people talk about goodness, I instantly think of her because she is incredibly consistent. I've been friends with her since freshman year and I'm a senior now. Mm. She's incredibly consistent, incredibly reliable. um, And she's honestly very pure and she's honestly very good. And so going back to what you're saying about having to be good and, um, uh, surrounded by a crazy world is even when she, she's one of my role models and actually how to respond to hard circumstances. Yeah. Um, even when she faces a lot of difficulty, I found that that is a motivating factor to be even more pursue the Lord more. And what I think inspires me about her is we're actually very different. She's a very consistent routine person and I really struggle with routine. Yeah. And I honestly think that we should never underestimate, um, the value of routine in the sense of staying pure and staying good and pursuing God's goodness yeah. in a crazy mm-hmm. world yeah. um, and pursuing uh, consistency with God um, because the world is always throwing craziness and chaos at us. And when we pursue um, consistent time with the Lord, we're like refreshing our mind, which I know we talk about all the, that a lot, but yeah. I always bring that up because we can never underestimate it. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. I love that. Alexei, Claire Grace, do you guys have anything to add? Yeah. So also you're, you're asking about like how to, cause our world is so crazy. And honestly, when it's you look insane. at it, sometimes it can just feel like so dark and alone a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. And so I think a way as Christians and followers of Christ, just a way to stay constant and see like the good in this world and see God in this world is just remembering the purpose of why we're here. We are not here to like look for worldly or earthly desires or to find even satisfaction in the people around us, but to remember that we are here for God's glory, to share His goodness, and just to live a life like He did and just have a relationship with Him and being able to help people with their relationship with Him. And so I think when you remember that and like when you have consistency with that, like Reagan was saying, I think that is a way to see God's goodness and to live out God's goodness while fulfilling the purpose that he has for us. Because when we lose sight of like the purpose and we lose sight of who God is and his goodness, Mm -hmm. we are going to fall into that darkness of the world and the craziness of the world. And even if we are like, we still could and like we still will sometimes, but I think it's also better just to be constant and consistent with like, 
putting yourself like in prayer and in reading his word and just in your relationship with him and living it out as well is a really yeah. good way to see that come. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I think something that comes to my mind when I'm wrestling with how to continue to pursue God, even when the world just feels so lost and almost hopeless, is to just kind of look back on my life and see how God has carried me. That's good. Yeah. His faithfulness has been consistent this entire time. So why should I be weary of the future if I've yeah. he's proven himself time and time again and yeah. he continues to prove himself. Yeah. And throughout the Bible he proves just how faithful he is, which we're going to get into in a second. Yes, yeah. but I love this. Keep going. <laughs> yes. And he, if we have seen what he's done, we can be confident that he will continue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And Alexei, we were talking about this earlier like even, you know, we were talking about in the Psalms and in First Chronicles where it says you know, the words say for the Lord is good. There's places in the Bible where like, it doesn't even mention the name of God, but his goodness is still evident. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah. So me and Clara Grace are in a class and we literally talked about this in our class, but Old Testament. Old Testament. (laughs) And so there, the only book in the whole Old Testament that doesn't say the word God is Esther. Yeah. And it's so cool to think that even though God's word isn't like the name, sorry, like the name of God isn't even said, mm-hmm. you can see his goodness throughout the entire book. Yes. Like literally just seeing how he keeps his promise to his people and how he provides for his people and takes care of them and yep. gives away for them. Even without even see, like hearing his name, yeah. you can still see every action taken that he did. Well, you can say like behind the scenes, like it's yeah. literally so cool. Cause in our lives, like it may feel like God's not there or like we can't see him or hear him. But knowing that everything that's happening, like he is like working, like he is working in you, working in the people around you for his glory and for your good as well. Cause he's not going to yeah. let, like, he's not, he's not going to leave or forsake you. He's always going to be with you. Even when you don't feel him or see him or even hear him in those moments. Yeah. I really want to add on to that because while I was, I was at camp, right? I, I feel like I bring up camp so much. But it's it, was such, <laughs> it's impactful. I mean, it was, it was so impactful. Shout out huge camps, go to camp, go there. Um, but <laughs> any camp, just go to Jesus. Anyways, moving on. Um, <laughs> Um, I had middle schoolers, right, um, for Bible study, and I had high schoolers, too, for, like, my track times. I got to teach a spiritual gifts class. That's a whole other story. Um, But a very big, like, conversation that I would have with kids is, like, oh, God's not there because I don't feel him, right? Um, Or, like, a, a kid would come up to me. After their, you know, their friend or their roommate did have a very emotional confrontation with God. And I do think that the Lord works in emotional ways. Um, but they would come up and they'd be like, God, why doesn't, why isn't God interacting with me? The same person that, or the same way he's interacting with this person. Um, and I just, I think we really need to realize as Christians that like God isn't necessarily an emotion. Yeah. Right? Like yes. emotions can be a result of the presence of the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit itself is is not in is not an emotion is not a feeling um, but I do think that the Holy Spirit uses things like convictions and emotions in that way to guide us um, but God himself like it's not we're not always gonna have the warm fuzzies right um, going into like well we'll get to faithfulness in a second but part of having a relationship with God is having faith that, that he's there even when we don't necessarily feel him um, and I think the cool thing is even when we don't feel the Lord we can always see him right he is there's 
evidence all around us of the Lord's goodness in our lives, whether it be like looking outside, like, I don't know if you guys have noticed shade mountain across from us, but all of the leaves are changing colors yeah, right now. It's gorgeous. Oh my it's word. so beautiful. And I look at that and I'm like, how can you doubt that there's a divine creator who just painted each one of those leaves by hand, right? And like decided when he was creating the world, this is going to be a red tree. This is going to be a yellow tree and this is going to be an orange tree. And when you put them all together, it's going to look like a perfect painting you know yeah. what I mean or even just seeing how like everyone in the world is created so uniquely and so different with different passions and just different desires yeah I mean like wow like that like literally demonstrates God's goodness and just how he made us so uniquely and so like intentionally in our differences yeah it's so cool yeah he knit yeah. us together in our mother's wound and something that I think is really cool about that that word knit is like okay so I crochet right um, <laughs> not we like, all know you crochet <laughs> Elizabeth dude I'll it's literally her other it's her other thing besides I'll, the Bible said what I will literally be in class and like whipping out a purse um but anyway so with with my experience with crocheting not necessarily knitting but I know it's the same for knitting is like it takes a lot of like precision and attention to detail and time. Like it is a process that is very, very, like I said, intentional, right? Whenever the Lord created us, when he knit us together, he did it down to the detail, right? And he did it so intentionally. Um, And he created us for a relationship with him, but also a relationship with other people, right? Like all of us are so different and unique. And that is so beautiful because I know that if everyone in the world acted like me, I would be so annoyed with humans. Like (laughs) I would, I couldn't do it. Like one of the things that I love about living and rooming with Claire Grace is that are the things that are different about us are what click us together so like amazingly Aww. like I, lo- I love living with you but I love living with you ah, so much love um but that's something that we're going to get into is like that God did create us for community right whenever he created the garden he created man um he said everything is good after he created it the only thing he said is not good is for man to be alone period right? period <laughs> and that's so true we are created for community however even that is affected by the fall, right? And affected by sin. Um, and there is such thing as bad community. Yeah, Reagan, you want to add on to that? I think it's interesting you're talking about perceiving God because the whole time you're talking about that, I was thinking about how we don't always see God for ourselves, but we see God in other people. Yeah. And that's such a huge like role of community too, is like, even when we don't hear God, like I can think of people in my life that maybe are in a tough place and they don't see, but I see how intentional God is working. And just to circle back to what you're saying about intentionality, Mm -hmm. I think it's really cool that you brought that up because something that God's been teaching me right now is, and just in the little things, how intentional he is, because I, I struggle with, with doubting that. Like, I believe that God has a big picture for my life, but sometimes I struggle with believing that he is in like the everyday um, and honestly under estimating how much he's in control. Yeah. Um, and I think it is easy to do that and kind of get into our human groove and forget that God has his hand on everything. And um, and honestly, it's just like sweet because he's been showing me his intentionality um, in like serious things, but also in like funny things, like yeah. just like random circumstances that are happening and stuff. And so anyway, just wanted to circle back to that really quick. No, but. yeah, I love that. Because I think, oh, so sorry. My phone is going off. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that didn't register on the podcast. Anyways, um, something that we see in the Bible, right? Literally with the first sin is what does the devil target when he tempt, tempts Eve? The first thing he does is try to get her to doubt God's goodness and God's wisdom. Like he says, you know, did, did God really? 
really say that? Hmm. Did did he really say you can this tree really? Like he tries to get her to doubt that God's plan was going to sustain her. Right. Yeah. Um, and I feel like that happens. That still happens to us. Cause I, dude, I love control. Like I'm, I've been talking to Claire Grace about this a lot. Like right now I'm preparing to study abroad in London and there's so much that I just simply don't have control over. And it's completely driving me crazy. <laughs> like bless her patience. Um, <laughs> but, but I know that the Lord has a plan. Um, so yeah, I definitely think that's something that the enemy uses to get us to to stray or to doubt God is the first thing he does is target God's goodness. Because if he can convince us that the amazing God that we are following is actually bad, then the entire foundation has gone. You know what I mean? Um, so I do think that's where we were talking earlier about consistency, where that yeah. comes in. Um, because like, if you know your best friend super, super well, you know everything about them. If someone comes up to you and tells you a lie about that person, you're going to be like, that's so not true. I know them better than you do. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, that's a great example. Yeah. So me and Julia were talking about on our testimony, making Christ your best friend. Um, and so you have that foundation whenever those temptations or those trials come. And that can also be built by good community, getting back to what you're we talking Ooh. about. Um, and something that is really easy to pull the foundation right from under our feet is bad, bad community. Um, cause unfortunately that is a thing. Um, first Corinthians 15 verse 33 says bad company corrupts good character. So something, my parents were youth pastors. Okay. Um, and something that my mom told me is that you actually become like the most, like the five people you hang out with, which is crazy. It's kind of scary. If you think about it, it's <laughs> like, Oh, I mean, like there's four of us in here, right? Whoa. (laughs) Hey, all great people hang out with, but it is, it is crazy to think about. So do you guys have a story? I know this is more of a personal question, but do you guys have a story about a time you were in bad company and what happened? I do actually. Um, I've actually, I feel like for the majority of my life, been pretty good about choosing uh, good friends, but I'd say probably the only time in my life when I, I didn't necessarily pursue the best company was when I was going through one of the hardest seasons of my life. Yeah. And I think it was because I looked at the Christians around me and I think I was embarrassed about the fact that I was struggling. Um, and honestly, like that was a deception um, from the enemy because everyone is struggling. Yeah. Um, but I think I... Um, pulled away from those friendships because I was embarrassed that I was in a tough emotional state. And I think it was easier to be around people who weren't going to quote unquote judge me. Um, and I, I think it's interesting that Christians get associated with judging so much because I don't think it's always the case. Like, yes, Christians, they do judge sometimes, but sometimes mm-hmm. I feel like we perceive people are judging us even when they're not, um, because we know that they yeah. have the truth and we know that they're going to, so I made the excuse of they're going to judge me when really those friends, like they were going to point me to the truth. And those are mm-hmm. very two different things. And so I guess I could say what I learned from that is when we're going through hard times, rather than pulling away from the people that we know are strong in the Lord, we should um, pull close to them because they have the wisdom and they're also connected to the source of all truth, right? And so where are we going to get wisdom and comfort from? Mm -hmm. I love that. That's so good. Yeah. I've been really blessed throughout my life to have had really solid friendships. Um, I know that there's times in my life where I've seen those friendships kind of waver. And I think when they become more codependent or more toxic is when we can get into more sinful habits. Yeah. And said. I think that you have to just create strong boundaries on friendships. And in my life, I've realized like I have to have my source of truth coming from the Lord and like my source of influence, because like you said, you do become like your five friends. You do. 
So you've got to be like on your guard to see what attributes you should like take on from your friends Mm -hmm. and what are not going to be beneficial for you. So your main source of influence in your life needs to be Jesus. And I think just through growing and through navigating friendships, that has Mm -hmm. been one of the things that's been clear for me. Yeah. Yeah, that's so good. Um, I remember my parents always told me, like, and I'm sure some of your parents have told you all this too, uh-huh. but like when you're around like bad people all the time, it's easier for them to almost bring you down. Like if you're holding like a brick, mm-hmm. it's like when you're holding the brick, it's easier for it to pull you down than it may be to necessarily like lift it up. Yeah. And so my parents kind of always reminded me of that. And even though like it can be in our nature, like I'm an Enneagram too. So I know it's my nature <laughs> to be like, I want to help everybody. Yeah. But like sometimes you also need to acknowledge when that strong boundary needs to be set where you're like, they're pulling me down. It's time for me to you know, understand that God's in control and that you may need to distance yourself in certain situations. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. My coach would use that example too. Um, (laughs) It's a common one. It is. Like we used to, I used to play volleyball um, and we had like little boxes, you know how you do box jumps? Yes. Um, And he would have, he had one of us like stand on a box and he was like, okay, now ladies, which is easier? And he like grabbed grabbed the girl's hand and like pulled her down. He's like, okay, now you get up on the box. And he told the girl, now try to pull me up. And of course he's like this, you know, (laughs) grown buff man. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's a lot easier for us to be pulled down, not only just by our, you know, bad company, but also just by the things of the world than it is to pull that corruption up. Yeah. Um, and the hard thing about being a Christian is that we are still supposed to be light to those people, right? And we're still supposed to love those people and show them the victory that we have in Christ. You know what I mean? Um, so that can be a really hard balance of like, okay, this, like, first of all, realizing I am in bad company, but also like going through the process of do I try to help them? Because like you said, Alexei, like some of us do have the natural tendency to want to help people. Yeah. Right. And as Christians, that's just in our nature to want to show people the light of Christ. Um, but that can be a really hard line of like knowing when to make the boundary to get out and how to make those boundaries. And we talked a lot about that on Julia's testimony. So if you guys want to hear more about that, definitely go over there. Yeah, go check it out. She has an incredible testimony where she gets into um, how bad bad company did um, lead into some not good results for her. But for now, we're going to get into faithfulness um, and see what that looks like. So moving on to talking about faithfulness, I think faithfulness is something that is really cool because while all of the other fruits of the spirit are very obvious characteristics of God, faithfulness is something that we see from day one and whenever he created the world. Um, and then whenever, even when, like Adam and Eve sinned and rebelled, um, how the Lord was faithful to promise a redeemer for them and to still like clothe them and to take care of them. But faithfulness is something we see throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament, um, even now and today. So one of the things I want to talk about with faithfulness is covenant and kind of what covenant is um, and how God has fulfilled covenants throughout the entire Bible. So Reagan, this is something we're kind of talking about in class right now. Um, The class that we're taking is called Creation and Covenant, um, (laughs) which is so cool. And I feel like we've learned so much in that class, but I'm a Greek student and Reagan is a Hebrew student. So we've kind of collaborated on this a little bit. So the two words in the Bible for God's faithfulness, the Hebrew is imunah, which means steadiness and steadfastness. And then the Greek is pistis, which means a knowledge and knowing and like an understanding. Um, and I think both of those go really well whenever describing God's faithfulness. So 
A good example of Imunah is whenever Moses and Aaron, um, whenever the Israelites were fighting the battle and Moses went up on the mountain and he, you know, he raised his hands. And as long as his hands were raised, the Israelites would, you know, have victory. And of course, you know, homeboy can't hold his hands up for forever. Um, and so Aaron and another helper came up and would hold up Moses' Moses's hands. His hands were described as Imunah, is steady and is steadfast, Right. And then for the Greek, the understanding and the knowing, we talked a little earlier about how like he's God. We're not going to know everything about God, right? Um, and so this is more of a knowing as far as like a relationship, like an intimate knowing. Yes, an intimate knowing, not necessarily like, oh, I know this detail and this detail and this detail, something that comes along with a relationship with God and a knowing is in like a familiarity. Um, So something that is really cool in the Old Testament, Reagan, we were talking about this earlier, um, is that there are so many examples of covenant that reflect kind of like modern day covenants. So the biggest modern day covenant that I can think of is marriage, right? I feel like that's one of the most common, most well-known. And there's examples all throughout scripture of like, God and his people, like it it resembles a wedding. So the first one is Mount Sinai, right? Um, In the Mosaic covenant, whenever he says, I'm your God and you are my people, like the Mount Sinai, that is a picture of a wedding, right? Um, God is, you know, in the presence of Moses and he gives Moses the 10 commandments, right? And that is symbolic of the Ketubah and a Ketubah is Jewish wedding vows, right? Um, And so that's something that is super cool. And how that is God really connecting and becoming one with his people. And Reagan, you mentioned another one yeah. that you saw in the New Testament. Mm-hmm. So it's really cool to see how this marriage symbolism, I mean, it is all over the Bible and yeah. it is from Old Testament to New Testament. And actually, I have a little story with this passage I'm going to share. But in May, I was able to go to Israel and we went to the ruins of a, a Jewish household. And my so professor, cool. Dr. Leonard, actually, who teaches that class that yeah. Elizabeth and I are yeah. together, he talked to us um, about this marriage symbolism all throughout the Bible. Um, and so I'm going to read a verse from John 14 and explain like how it kind of... Um, It goes along with the symbolism. Yeah. Um, But it's uh, John 14, verses 2 and 3. It says, this is Jesus speaking to the disciples. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I would go and prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am you may be also." Something really cool about this verse is that in um, Jewish culture, the uh, groom would literally prepare a place like with his hands, like build on his father's house, mm-hmm. a place for his wife. And then when the place was ready, he would go back and he would bring her back to be with him. And so it's just a really sweet um, like marriage symbolism here of Jesus saying that like, I am committed to you. I'm faithful to you yeah. um, and bringing that symbolism into the New Testament. So that's, that's so cool. That's so cool. And like, even with the church, the church is the bride of Christ. You know, um, do you guys have anything to add on that before I move on? I saw some head nods. We're getting into it. I like it. 
Yeah. I didn't know that. I think that's really cool. It that is, is really so neat. interesting. Yeah. So something that's really cool about all of the covenants in the Bible. So there's five main covenants throughout the Bible. Um, and they all kind of connect in like this domino effect leading up to the new covenant, which is what we're living in now. So the first one is the Noahic covenant. And that was like the rainbow. You know, God promised he would never flood the earth again. And then the next was the Abrahamic covenant, which is when he would give Abraham descendants as numerous as the stars and he would provide a place for them. Um, um, and, you know, the land that he was going to give them. Then, like we were talking about the Mosaic Covenant, talking about how with those descendants from Abraham, God said, I am your God and you are my people. Um, and we see him follow, like the Israelites following God all throughout them wandering in the desert. And even whenever they would stray and they would rebel, the Lord was always faithful to, you know, either be, you know, punish them or redeem them in that cycle. Um, and then we have the Davidic covenant, which is when the Lord promised to send, you know, an everlasting King whose throne would, his reign would never end. And of course we know that that is Jesus. Um, and Jesus introduced to us the new covenant, which is that whoever believes in Christ and has that relationship, um, that through Christ dying on the cross and raising again, three days later, defeating sin and death, through a relationship with him, we receive that forgiveness, which is something that is so amazing. And that's something that is never going to fail. Like that is, that is the straight gospel. Preach. Yeah. And there's victory in that. Um, something that's really cool. Have I, I've told you guys about Basar, right? And kind of the Hebrew origins of the, the word gospel. I, th- I think I mentioned it a little bit I think last have. week whenever we recorded and it failed. Probably. Um, <laughs> so the, our word gospel actually comes from the Hebrew word basar. And basar was a term that whenever a battle had been won, a messenger would go back and forth from town to town proclaim, proclaim, blah, blah, proclaiming <laughs> basar, which is a message of victory that that battle had been won. Right. And that's so cool because the gospel is a message of victory. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. That is like the battle over sin and death is it's already won. It's won. It's defeated. And I think like the devil tries to make it seem like the, you know, the spiritual warfare, he and God are like head and head. You know what I mean? And that like it's this close battle. It's not, man. Like God completely has wiped that out. It cannot touch us as Christians, yeah. right? And then in the Greek, which I think is a really cool add-on, um, the word gospel is euangelio, which is actually a, a, it means message, but it's a command. It's a commandment word that is like, go, like be a messenger about this. So you have the root word in Hebrew, which is basar, which is victory. And then you have the Greek, which is like be a messenger. So combining that go be a messenger and tell people about the victory you have in Christ, right? Because it's something that is never going to end or fail. And I think that's so important. That's something that I want to get into now is like God's promises have never failed. And the thing is they never will. But we as humans, we do fail and we are broken. So also kind of a closer question, but is there ever a time when someone has like broken a promise to you or have you ever broken a promise to someone else? I'm going to answer that in a second, but... It just occurred to me that talking about the marriage symbolism, that one of the vows that we say is like in the terms of faithfulness is until death do us part. Yeah. And Jesus conquered death. Oh. And so it's so incredible. Think about that. Like death is like the most finite thing. Like that is the only thing that's considered to break the strongest covenant. And like literally in God's final covenant with us, he broke like he ended the only thing that could break that our could covenant. Break the covenant. That's so so good. isn't yeah. that incredible? But I can answer the question really quick. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I love that. In terms of like bre- breaking your promise, I think 
something that I have been convicted of recently is the difference between what I say and what I do mm-hmm. um, and not being someone who just says a lot of words and sounds like I'm following the Lord or sounds like I'm being a good friend, but is actually consistent with that. And that kind of came from having a really close friend who like the most valuable thing to her in a friendship, she told me that she was like, if you tell me you're going to do something that you do it. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. in terms of like keeping promises, I just want to grow in my ability to not only talk about God in a positive way and talk about things that, and give advice to other people, but actually like live that out for myself um, and uh, do as I say, right. Don't just preach, but what is it? What what is it? Practice, practice what you preach. Practice, what you I, was preach. Like, yeah. I was like, walk what you talk. Practice what you <laughs> walk. What you practice talk. what you walk. I mean, say I mean, what right. you preach. Yeah, I like that. Walk what walk what you talk. <laughs> yeah, Alexa, Claire, Grace, y'all have anything to add? Yeah. So honestly, I feel kind of similar to Reagan. I feel like um, I've. I, I felt convicted to this this morning, even when I woke up, just like, I feel like recently I've been making like so many promises, like, oh my gosh, even as simple as like me saying, oh my goodness, I promise I'm going to reach out to you later and we're going to hang out. We're going to get dinner. I promise. Yeah. Like I'm going to text you. And then I literally don't. And I felt so convicted of that this morning being like, I promised like probably like two to three girls I was going to reach out to them. And I literally haven't. And so I think literally just stuff as simple as that. And it still is a promise that I am breaking and it's, I still like feel like convicted over those, you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I relate to that so much. Yeah. yeah. It's hard. It is hard. There's not a specific instance that comes to mind, but mm-hmm. I know that feeling of like expectation that comes with someone making a promise and then just like it kind of almost feels like like air being sucked out of you when yeah. you realize yeah, that like that is not going to be upheld or like someone's backing out on you or something like that. It's just not good. And to know that God is never going to give us that feeling is so reassuring. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's it's such a peace that he gives us. Like even when you were saying like, his like he defeated death so there's no separation from him like that just gives me so much like a, like a breath knowing that even after like our physical death, like we we see him like we are in his presence forever which is like yeah. eternity like it's crazy <laughs> yeah i love that one thing that i like to think of is that god is our good father right mm-hmm. and i feel like whenever whenever i worked camp here we go we bring him back up <laughs> um I was talking to a precious little girl who actually ended up accepting Christ that week, but she, one of the things she was talking to me about that was heavy on her heart is that her father had recently left her and had recently abandoned them and their family. And that was probably one of the hardest conversations I had that camp is because she was very scared. She's like, how can I put faith in you know this quote unquote good father when the only father I've ever known you know, broke one that left? Yeah, broke that promise. And I think it's so important to remember that like while... Like, okay, so we call God our good father, right? And he is like our friend. While our earthly fathers or our earthly friends may leave us, right? We Those are roles that are, you know, reflective. Um, God is perfect in everything that he is to us, right? And he's never going to break those covenants and he's never going to break those promises. And he's proven it too. And he's proven it time and time and again, right? Um, and I pulled up a Bible verse that made me think of just how this kind of correlates with goodness, right? We're talking about his consistency and things like that and his faithfulness. Um, and this is in second Peter chapter one, and this kind of applies to us and how we're supposed to reflect that faithfulness along with goodness. Um, it says in verse five, for this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with goodness, goodness, with knowledge, knowledge, with self-control, self-control with endurance, endurance, with godliness, godliness, with brotherly affection and brotherly affection with love. So that's a lot, but I think that's a really cool encapsulation 
encapsulation of everything that goes along with faith and goodness, and all of those qualities are from the Lord. The Lord is not only faithful and good, but He is all-knowing, right? He has self-control and endurance and brotherly love and normal love. He is love, right? Um, And so I think it's really important to remember whenever we are thinking about our relationship with our Heavenly Father, realizing that, okay, while everything on this earth is going to fail us, He never is. Um, And I think that's so important to remember because another lie that Satan tries to tempt us with that, you know, to try to revoke God's goodness is whenever we sin, sin does separate us from God, right? But Satan tries to use sin and like the shame that comes with that to make us think that we are disqualified from that covenant that God created with us whenever he forgave us, right? Um, So we've pulled up some Bible verses that just completely combat that. Um, So Alexa, do you want to start off reading Deuteronomy 31? I would love to. So it is Deuteronomy 31, 6. It says, Be strong and courageous. Do not fear or be in dread of them, for it is the Lord your God who goes with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. So I just love this verse because it's literally saying, be strong, be courageous, because I am with you and I am never going to leave you. Yeah. Which is so amazing to hear because it's like, okay, I can combat anything. I can go out there, share my faith, be myself and glorify God because I what do I have to fear? Because He is always with me. His Holy Spirit is inside of me. And with that power, like literally, we have the spirit that Jesus had when He lived on this earth. Mm -hmm. And if we have that, we literally can do anything. And Mm -hmm. He will not leave us, which is like, wow, I have a weapon, not a weapon, oh my gosh. I have a superpower, (laughs) which is so cool. And I think that like, it's so important to use that and just be strong and be courageous knowing that. Yeah, and the thing with that is like, this is not fire insurance. You know what I mean? Like just because you do have that relationship with the Lord doesn't mean like, oh, I can send. I'm going to be forgiven. Oh, Alexa's getting excited. She's flipping through her Bible. <laughs> I have a verse that goes with that. Yes, she does. <laughs> um, but yeah, like just because we have accepted Christ and be, you know, been baptized, became a Christian, that does not mean we can go and do whatever we want and accept forgiveness, right? It's through repentance. So, okay, you are like staring me down. Read your verse, read your verse. It's <laughs> Sorry. It's Romans 6. It says... What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means, exclamation point. How can we who died to sin still live in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Mm-hmm. So it's that verse literally says, just because God has grace and forgives us for our sins and will never leave us, that does not mean that we should just take advantage yeah. of that grace. That means that when you have been forgiven for your sinful nature, for all the sins that you do, rejoice and take away that new life and live in the new flesh and just try your best to strive to live like Jesus. Because when you have that grace and you have been saved, use that and Mm -hmm. don't just be like, oh yeah, I can just sin all the time because God's never going to leave me. No, Mm -hmm. you need to see like what he's done for you and rejoice and put away that old self and take that new self. Yeah. I literally went on a middle school girls retreat this weekend and this was the verse we talked about. Crazy. Ooh, and such a good verse. the way I explained it to my seventh graders, right? Cause they're like, what, like, what are you talking I about? I love right? middle schoolers <laughs> um, so much. Is I was like, if you put your hand on a stove and you burnt your hand, God's forgiveness is healing that. But why would you put it back on the stove once yeah, you healed it? And so it's one of those things where I feel like sometimes we misunderstand like, why sin is sin. Like God didn't just like 
decide be like no don't do these things like he has reasons for the things it's intentional like because they burn us just like a stove does yeah. right like your mom doesn't tell you when you're lo- younger not to touch the stove just because for fun right mm-hmm. and so I think that plays into it too is like being faithful to the Lord reaps so many like rewards in the sense that like we're following a life that we're created to live and it like leads to health and healing and why would you ever want to put your hand back on the stove you know no that's so uh-huh. good yeah it's so good Okay, so circling back to something Alexei touched on. So we have our victory fully in Jesus, and our victory is fully in that spirit that He walked on the earth with that now like resides in us, and it's empowering, and it is what enables us to go out and proclaim the gospel. But another thing is we have this spirit within us, and it is our highest good on this life. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. There is nothing that the world can take from us, so we there's no fear to be had because our the Lord's faithfulness is our hope and it's our identity and it is our passion in this life. So if our like highest treasure is in the Lord, then you can go out and you can do anything because there is nothing that Satan or demons can throw at you that is going to be able to take away the Lord. Yeah. I think something that's important is that light reveals darkness, right? And light shines through darkness. So whenever we have that light, why would we want to turn that off? Why would we want to live in darkness whenever we have this wonderful path showing us all of the boundaries that are in our way? You know what I mean? Um, Because when we are living in the darkness, we are completely blind to the sins of this world and the things that we are, you know, supposed to avoid. Um, We talked about this with peace, but like going back to kind of what Reagan and you were saying is that the Lord does place boundaries in our lives. And those are to protect us. Those are not to like keep us from having fun, but it's to save us from the pain that results from those. All sin leads to brokenness. It does not matter what it promises temporarily. Yes. Absolutely. Every single sin, not only separation from God eternally, that's the worst part about it, but that also reaps so much destruction while we're here on earth that we Mm -hmm. feel and that affects us. And because the Lord loves us and because he's faithful to us, he does not want that for us. Mm -hmm. He is on our side. And I feel like Christians can sometimes, and just people in general, lose sight of that because they're like, oh man. I have to go to church instead of go to a party. You know what I mean? But when in reality, that is so much more life-giving than anything else that we could ever experience, Mm -hmm. right? And how lucky are we that we have a God who wants that relationship with us and wants to protect us like that, going back to that provision. But so we're going to move on to our next verse, um, which Reagan, you got that one in Romans chapter eight, right? Yes, absolutely. So Romans 8, 38 and 39 says, For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. This has to be one of the most poetic verses in the Bible. And I'll just, I'll get real for a second. I mean, we've been real this whole time, but get get real, real. Um, (laughs) Be be real. I knew it was coming. Uh I feel like the B-roll jokes are really popular right now. Oh my word. Anyway, anyway, anyway. Um, This verse, it honestly, it brings comfort to such a deep part of my soul because mm-hmm. something, like I said, getting real, something that I struggle with is um, is insecurity in relationships. And because I care so much about the people in my life, you do. being scared that something is going to happen or I'm going to do something or something is going to 
um, mess with this relationship or it, they're going to die or, or like yeah. these are very real fears. And I've talked to a lot of different people and a, this is a very shared fear. And like, I honestly want to read this verse again, because when I read it again, you can notice how it's talking about all of these things that are seen as like the strongest forces in the world that we can possibly think about. And God's greatest. The scariest. Yes. Yeah. The scariest forces. And like what Jesus has done the cross, like I was saying earlier about like until death do his part, but God conquered death, right? Like what Jesus did on the cross, it literally, it, it keeps us connected to him, even through the craziest, hardest things to overcome, which is just so beautiful and um, that not even death can separate us. And so I'm going to read it one more time just because it. it's beautiful and poetic and you got to love it. So for, I am sure, I'm sure and positive that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. I wow. love that. Yeah. And that goes back to that bizarre, that victory, like over death. And like you said, the things that seem the most powerful, our God is bigger than all of that. Um, and I know for me in my testimony, I went through a really big phase where I was convinced like I had disqualified myself from not only the forgiveness of God, but also his ministry because I was living in sin. Right. And I was ashamed to go to God with my sin because I thought, oh, you know, how can he love me because I keep choosing to rebel against him, right? But the thing is, that thought process was framing me in the mindset of, oh, my sin is more powerful than God. And that is so not true. Mm-hmm. Um, on so many levels, first of all, there's nothing I can do that's greater than God. Like, that's just pride right there. Um, but also, the devil is not bigger than God. Yeah. Nothing he can put in my path is is weak, is, you know, stronger than our Lord's forgiveness, right? Literally our sin is no match for what Jesus did on the cross. Mm -hmm. Um, so we have one more verse. So Claire Grace, you got, I think it's John 16, right? Verse 33. Yes. I have said these things to you that in me, you may have peace in the world. You will have tribulation, but take heart. I have overcome the world. This is just so beautiful. I know that this life is difficult as we've touched on and um, the powers of this life can seem overwhelming, but there is no greater power on this life than Jesus. And when he was in the world, it did not overcome him. I think it's important to remember just how great of a God we serve and how loving of a God we serve. He's not going to leave us nor forsake us. Yeah. And also that just because we are Christians, that doesn't promise that our life is going to be sparkles and rainbows. Absolutely You know what not. I mean? Like mm-hmm. we do live in a broken world and mm-hmm. just, you know, we are Christians and we're still affected by that. Yeah. Um, but like we said, Jesus has overcome all of that already. Anything that we are going to face, he's already claimed victory over. And whenever we have a relationship with him and whenever we walk with him, he gives that victory to us through that covenant, right? That we were talking about, not only forgiveness, but also freedom and life, being able to walk through the world, being like, okay, you know, this seems like a really big deal, but it does not impact me eternally. Um, You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I want to like, just take a second to just like those repeat, repeat the last part of that verse. That was like, that made me like emotional. Like I have overcome the world. Like that is so amazing. Say it again. <laughs> Keep going. Do it again. Okay. I have said these things to you that in me, you may have peace in this world. You will have tribulation, but take heart. I have overcome the world. I love that phrase. Take heart. 
Like It's so tender. Mm-hmm. It's so kind. Mm-hmm. It's repeated throughout scripture, and it's just the Lord speaking to our souls, saying, trust in me, lean on me, rely on me. I have overcome the world. Take heart. Mm-hmm. I it's love so that powerful. so much. Yeah. I love that so much. It's encouraging. Mm-hmm. He's like, hey, guess what? We're all in this thing. <laughs> <laughs> and it's going to be hard. And Jesus walked in that hardship and he walks in it with us. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I don't remember where it is in scripture. If y'all know the reference, back me up. But it says like, no temptation known to man has not been faced by by Christ. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. he walked on this earth. Like he understands what we go through. And that's why he sits at the right hand of God. Because yeah. like, he's like, hey, like, I live that. Like, I get it. Like, I really do understand. Mm -hmm. It is hard. Mm -hmm. But, like, take heart. Like, he's done it. Like, he literally did it. And he understands it. And he has... That's why there's so much grace, too. Mm -hmm. I just think it's so amazing. And he intercedes for us. He not only knows, he intercedes. Whenever we fall and whenever we sin, you know, of course, there is judgment for that, right? That is separation from God. But Jesus intercedes for us, and he's like, oh, 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 Elizabeth messed up again. Okay, okay, here's here's what's going to happen, right? She <laughs> she does believe in me. We do have a relationship, and I do forgive her for this. Now, that on our part, we have to actually be repentant of that. You know what I mean? Yes. Um, but there is that care from that good father yeah. um, and that faithfulness of the Lord. So. You know those key moments in your life where someone said like a word of wisdom to you and you'll like never forget it? Yeah, and you always remember? Yeah, one of those moments is when my dad was talking to me because I was just having a vulnerable conversation with him about sin and he was, and he basically said, um, there's there's two different like pictures that I could paint here. And one of them is what God is not. And God is not up in heaven with a notepad, taking notes, scowling, looking down at us. Um, Instead, God is literally in the weeds with us, working with Mm -hmm. us right by our side, putting our arm around us, like working in the garden with us. And so just a really beautiful picture. Mm -hmm. I I love that. that. He keeps the Psalms do say he keeps a record of of our tears, not our sins. Right. Love keeps no record of wrongs. Love keeps no record of wrongs. God is love. There we go. All right, ladies, do we have anything else that we want to add before we wrap up? The Lord is good. The Lord is good. God I love and he's God. faithful. And he's faithful. And he is <laughs> loving continues forever. All right. Well, this is loving forever. Sing praise. Anyway, we're going to make it quiet. Good notes. Good notes. <laughs> All right. Well, this has been so fun chatting with you guys. Um, thank you for joining us, all of you guys listening. Um, we will be posting notes later on the um, Bible Said What podcast Instagram. So you can go on there if you're a note taker like me. We'll have all of that written out so you can see it. Um, and also go follow and join that community so you can get involved. But we are going to pray it out and then we will go. Does anybody want to pray us out? I will. Awesome. Go for it. <laughs> Dear Lord, thank you so much for these girls and thank you for your goodness and thank you for how much you have spoken into our lives and how much you have redeemed us. God, thank you for bringing us from death to life and just shining who you are through that redemption. And God, please help us to honor you in our living and to walk in your goodness and your faithfulness and to never lose sight of your provision and your guidance. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.